Your life is the sum of your habits and if you want to experience any type of transformational change to enhance your quality of life, you need to focus on your habits. In the last two solo episodes, we went through five steps to uncover your why in episode three and 10 steps to crush your goals in episode five. Check those episodes out if you haven't done so already. In those episodes, we dived into your purpose and went through how to set goals that are aligned to your purpose. But uncovering your purpose and setting goals is pointless if we don't have the process in place to take action, to edge us closer to our goals every single day. Goals are just setting the direction. They won't take you to the destination. It's the habits we incorporate and the daily choices we make that will take us to where we want to go. And that is what we're going to explore in this episode. It is safe to say that we're all creatures of habit. Over time we have formed a lot of habits, some that are fundamental to our growth and well-being and others that are detrimental to them. In most cases it is the latter. Even though these so-called bad habits are stifling our progression, why do we have them? And why are they so difficult to eradicate from our daily lives? Habits are so powerful as we can perform activities with the use of very little brain power. We do them unconsciously and with ease, like we're on autopilot mode. An example is when we walk into a dark room, what is the first thing that we do? We look for the light switch. And when we tie our shoelaces, The first time we did it, we had to concentrate, but now we can multitask and tie them without even looking at them. As we have performed those activities so frequently, they have become a habit that no longer requires a conscious effort. Imagine if all the activities we performed required us to think consciously about them. Our minds will be overloaded. Your mind is trying to make things easier for itself. For tasks that have been hardwired, it says, I know how to do that. I do this every single day and it preserves its juice for more complex decision-making. The power of habit is inevitable. We all have cravings, right? If you have a bit of a sweet tooth and have been eating cake every day for the last couple of years, the day you don't eat it, you're going to have a craving for it and will probably be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. This demonstrates how addictive habits become as they feed our reward systems and condition our behavior. However, we want to create these cravings for habits that enhance our productivity and health, not ones that sabotage our productivity and deteriorate our health. So we have covered why the mind is attracted to habits, but why are establishing success habits so important for all of us? If you want to be a top performer, if you want to have more meaningful relationships, if you want to live a healthy and prosperous life, you need the processes and systems in place to take you to the next level. Your life is the sum of your habits and if you want to experience any type of transformational change to enhance your quality of life, you need to focus on your habits, not on your goals. And I don't mean that you should forget about your goals completely. Build habits that will help you work towards your goal, but just focus on the habit and you'll achieve the goal unconsciously. I don't want you to limit yourself with the goals you set. Goals have an end date. They are finite. If you set the right habits, the possibilities are limitless. You can exceed your goals and you'll be playing the infinite game, one that is long-term and sustainable. If you constantly tie your behaviours to the goals you have set, then once you reach that goal, you may stop with the habits, when in fact the habits that you have instilled were beneficial for your health, relationships and productivity. 
I had personally fallen into the trap of setting goals but not taking the necessary action to meet those goals, as if I could magically achieve them without making any adjustments to my current ways of living. When they say actions speak louder than words, the goal is just the words, anyone can muster up a goal. But the action is the habit, it's the process that's going to move the needle forward every day. Before we dive into building success habits that stick, we need to understand how a habit is formed. I'm not going to go into too much detail here and there are tons of resources out there on this, but essentially, a habit consists of four steps. A cue, craving, response and reward. The first step is the cue. The cue is the trigger that sets off the signal to your brain in order to initiate certain behaviour and is associated with some type of reward. We can sense that something satisfying is around the corner. This leads naturally onto the second step, the craving which is the motivation and desire for us to take action because of the emotional state change we are expecting to experience from this habit. The third step is the response. This is the action we perform. Whether we decide to take action or not is purely based on our ability and also the effort we want to put into the task. The final step is the reward. Without the reward, there's no perceived benefit for the habit. All the previous steps are initiated because of the reward step. Understanding the formation of habits is vital for eliminating bad ones and establishing good ones. It's all well and good forming habits, but what makes them stick? A study conducted by University College London showed that it takes us on average 66 days to form a habit. Neuroscience has demonstrated that repeating habits thickens your neural pathways and not repeating them deteriorates them. But it's not just about repetition. It's about the emotion associated with that habit. If the outcome of the habit doesn't make you feel good or you detest every single moment of it, you can repeat it forcefully as much as you want, but at some point you will cave in. The habit won't stick. Now we need to consider how to make these habits both repeatable and enjoyable. James Clear in his book Atomic Habits mentions four laws of behavior change. The laws are as follows. Make it obvious make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. Let's go through each one. Making it obvious is related to the cue. The trigger for initiating the habit has to stand out. Make it attractive is related to the craving. There should be some motivation behind the habit. Make it easy is related to the response. Simplicity is key here. If the task is too complex, we won't do it consistently. We have to make it effortless and make it satisfying is all about the reward. How am I going to feel at the end of it? What am I going to gain? These four laws will help significantly when you are forming habits. The change in our behavior bridges the gap between our present moment and desirable future. Even though change is difficult and we can be resistant to it, the neuroplasticity in our brains proves that we are made to change and can deal with change. The mind is malleable, We are capable of forming new habits and tweaking existing ones to win in life. Now I'm going to take you through five steps that I have applied myself on the formation of my habits and through these steps I hope you can gain some valuable insights for yourselves. I have to say, applying these steps and conforming to the habits I've created has put me in the best shape of my life both physically and mentally. They have raised my self-awareness, increased my confidence, improved my decision making provided structure and stimulated growth and learning.
I can seriously go on and on about the benefits. The list is endless. If I continued with my previous behaviours, I wouldn't have even started this podcast due to the lack of time that I had dedicated towards creativity. Those who were close to me would have witnessed the transformational changes over the past couple of months, and I'll do an episode on this in the near future. I want to walk through these steps with you with personal examples that have improved my quality of life and mindset so that you can get a feel for how I tackle some of my challenges, which as a result may spark some ideas instead of just saying, here are five steps, go and form your habits. The first step is to perform a reality check to really analyse your behaviours on a day-to-day basis. What do you do from the moment you get up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep at night? This step is all about gaining self-awareness. As Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. We need to become conscious of our unconscious behaviours and pinpoint whether they are stifling our progression. Map out your entire day and collect the data as you cannot change what you cannot measure. What is your current benchmark based on the data? You also have to ask yourself, where do I want to be? Are your behaviours going to get you to that desired place? If not, then why? Which of your current behaviours are good habits and which ones are bad ones? Before I go through my typical day, there's a quote by Richard P. Feynman who says, The first principle is that you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. And as I go through my story, you'll see that I was fooling myself on many occasions. So it's all about being honest with yourself. When I looked at my typical day, I would get up at 7.30am after putting my alarm on snooze multiple times brush my teeth and then go into the kitchen to make myself a cup of black coffee. Skipping breakfast was standard procedure as I was doing intermittent fasting, so I wouldn't eat anything until midday. After quickly putting on my clothes, I'll rush out, walk to the tube station and make it to the office before 8.30am. Once I got into the office, I'll do a quick scan of my emails and usually jump straight onto a call at 8.30 or 9am. Work will keep me occupied until 5pm and occasionally I would hit the gym after if I felt like it or if I had prepared my gym kit in the morning. Once I made it back home I would cook dinner based on what I had in my fridge and if I didn't have much or wasn't in the mood to cook I would just order a takeaway and put on Netflix or YouTube whilst I was eating my dinner, scroll through social media after and then go to bed quite late at night where I would again scroll through articles on my phone just before bed. That was my typical day. Now you might be thinking that sounds like a pretty normal day. There's not much wrong with that. Let's dive into the details. I started to put my detective hat on to work through this day and understand if these behaviours or decisions are doing me any good. So let's look at the first thing I did in the morning. After brushing my teeth, I had a black coffee to wake me up and give me energy. That is not a wise move. Cortisol, which is our stress hormone, is at its highest level in the morning. It is actually what triggers us to wake up in the morning. During the day, the cortisol levels gradually decline. And guess what? Having coffee on an empty stomach as soon as you wake up will spike cortisol levels even further. So this was a bad habit. Instead, I replaced the coffee with drinking a litre of water first thing in the morning to rehydrate my body from all the water that is lost whilst I'm asleep. The simple change of behaviour, switching the coffee with water first thing in the morning, 
is now going to have a positive impact on my health. I still have coffee in the morning, but not first thing. The next point I want to highlight is my eating habits. This is where I started to gather data to give me an insight into what was going on. I used the app MyFitnessPal to start tracking my calorie intake and macronutrient levels and as of today I've tracked my food for 270 days in a row. So it is a habit that has stuck. The results after tracking for one week were eye-opening. I wasn't having enough calories. They were extremely low. Although I was doing intermittent fasting where I have an 8 hour eating window and fast for the rest of the day, I wasn't compensating for the calories I was missing later on in the day by not having breakfast. So was intermittent fasting really working for me or was I just too lazy and too unorganized in the mornings to have breakfast and this was just an easy excuse to use? I still feel intermittent fasting is beneficial but I was essentially under eating as I couldn't consume high calorie lunches whilst at work nor could I be constantly eating at my desk every few hours. It was clear for me now, I needed to get in some calories in the mornings. Now I asked myself, do I have enough time in the mornings to make breakfast as I felt that was the underlying problem that I was running away from? With my current behaviours, no I didn't have time. So I need to get up earlier. If I get up earlier, am I going to have enough energy in the mornings? No, I'm going to feel lethargic and drained. So I need to sleep earlier too. That's when I focused on my sleep and my quality of sleep. I monitored my sleep and on most days, it was less than 6 hours. Even though I stay in bed longer than that, the extra 30 to 60 minutes I got by hitting the snooze button doesn't really count as high quality sleep. I then set myself a rule. I'm going to go to bed the same time each night and wake up the same time each morning, ensuring that I get at least 7 hours of sleep and having enough time to make breakfast before work. Now going back to my nutrition, was I consuming the right levels of proteins, carbohydrates and fats? How much salt and sugar were in these sources that I would buy? How much oil was I using to cook my food? I had no visibility of this before. Once I had the data, I could start to implement healthier replacements. I also started tracking my step count. On days where I didn't go for a run, I would only be clocking up between 3,000 to 4,000 steps. I needed to step that up. Another thing that became apparent to me was my lack of preparation, structure, and sporadic decision making. I was doing everything on the fly, freestyling. And I would say to myself, I'm just spontaneous, I'm going with the flow. But yet again, I'm fooling myself and running away from the root cause of the problem. I would prepare for meetings just before they took place. I wouldn't go to the gym consistently as I hadn't prepared my gym kit in the morning. And even when I did go to the gym, I would decide at that point the workouts that I would do where I would stick to my favourite ones. There was no consistency at all and I was always staying within my comfort zone. The reason I was ordering takeaways frequently was due to not having the right ingredients available. I would decide what to eat just before dinner, instead of ensuring I had everything I needed for the entire week and planning my food beforehand. When I reviewed what I would do after work, there was just too much procrastination taking place. I didn't dedicate any time towards learning creativity or evaluating my progress during the day. All of these habits were due to poor planning and I had to put some structure in place to make a change, to know exactly what I was going to do and when I was going to do it. 
After performing this analysis on my behaviours, I think it's safe to say I did raise my self-awareness from the process. We should explore how our daily habits are impacting the following four areas of our lives. Our health, our relationships, our spirituality, our finances, career and business. My main focus was my health as I felt that needed the most attention where I specifically focused on my nutrition, exercise, step count, water intake and hours of sleep. Making improvements in one area can indirectly improve the other areas too. So we covered the first step which was reality check. The second step is to create new identities or personas. This step is all about who you want to become. Create an identity for yourself. For example, I started to see myself as an athlete and started to think like one. What do they do? What makes them successful? When you start to believe you are that person, you will become that person and it began to impact my decision making for the good. When offered desserts at family gatherings, I would kindly reject those offers and would limit the number of times I would forcefully put food on my plate. It was like I was training for a competition. Your friends and family may not fully understand the reasons behind your new behaviours. They will question you on it and occasionally tease you by saying, you can forget about your diet today or just have one more drink. Stay strong as it only takes a few slip-ups to go back to your old ways. You can have different identities or personas for different areas of your life. Create one for each of those areas, your health, relationships, spirituality, finance, career and business. What do the behaviours of the best partner, son, daughter or friend look like to you? For my health, I want to be seen as the guy who works out every day and values his health, not the guy who lost 5 kilograms. That's the difference between a goal and an identity. They stick with you. They are timeless. Create these identities and after a while, you'll become so immersed in them that your identity eventually becomes your way of life. Remember that small changes make a big impact in the long run. You can't have a horrendous diet and barely exercise and the next day live the life of someone that values their health and exercises every day. Look at those small tweaks you can make to be more aligned with that identity. Identify those improvement areas, make replacements and eliminate those things that are not helping you live up to that identity. You have to be ready for some destruction to your current way of life if you want to make a change. But you can't turn your life around all at once, just one step at a time. The third step is to establish your habits. Based on those identities and personas, what habits should you have? What should you be doing every day to move the needle? You can also work back from any 90-day goals that you may have set. In order to achieve that goal, what daily habits can you incorporate that will enable you to reach that goal? In addition to James Clear's four laws of behaviour change that we covered earlier, which were make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying, we should also think about our environment. Where are we performing these habits? Is it going to put us in the right frame of mind? Are we doing non-work related activities in our home office? Try to assign certain locations for certain activities. We may even have to redesign our environments to set us up for success as they are sending subliminal cues to us on a daily basis that trigger the habits we want to eradicate. This is where we become the interior designers for our life. For example, if you can't keep your hands out of the cookie jar, put it somewhere which isn't as visible and make healthier alternatives like fruit visible. If you're overeating, buy smaller plates or smaller cutlery. If you want to go for a run in the mornings, 
lay your running clothes out in front of you so you see it as soon as you get up. Even though I set myself the habit of having one litre of water first thing in the morning, it didn't stick. Some mornings I would and others I wouldn't. So what I ended up doing was filling up a water bottle the night before and putting it on my bedside table, making it frictionless. And as a result, I've managed to stick with this habit ever since I made that change. Your habits have to come from yourself. You have to pick what works for you. I'm going to go through some habits that I've established that I feel would be beneficial for everyone, but you can put your own twist on it. I won't go into the specific details. Experiment for yourself and see what works and what doesn't work for you. For my health habits, my targets were to hit 10,000 steps per day, drink 4 litres of water per day, work out at least 4 times per week, get at least 7 hours of sleep and hit my calorie and macronutrient targets. I think those are the key variables to optimise your health, but you can tailor the targets to suit you. At first I was struggling to hit 10,000 steps. I wasn't moving enough which is difficult when you have an office job and you're sat behind a desk for hours. So I would go for a quick walk during my lunch break or on my way home. I would get off the tube two stops early and walk the rest of the way home. When working from home I would use a wireless headset so I can walk around my apartment whilst I'm on a call. The key was to keep moving. As you may have noticed my mornings were a bit all over the place and after looking at the habits of others who I deemed as successful people, they all had a morning routine. We are all wired to be negative. Our prehistoric ancestors were made to survive and the optimistic caveman or cavewoman was eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. We all have these negative thoughts. So much that 75% of the amygdala, which is responsible for our emotions, is dedicated to negative thoughts. And it is the size of an almond. Our morning routines or rituals are there to rewire those negative thoughts. It could include practicing gratitude to hone in on the positives or exercising to increase dopamine and serotonin. Cortisol, the fear hormone, is highest in the morning and exercise decreases that. A morning routine will set you up for an amazing day where you'll be more creative and productive by putting yourself in that positive state of mind. It's up to you what you do. Meditate, do some breath work, take cold showers, go for a run, express gratitude, read or write. It's just a bit of me time. Now another habit which has helped me massively is journaling. The journal I've been using over the past couple of months is the Best Self Journal by Best Self Co. But there are a lot of other journals out there to choose from. Before I lacked structure in my days. Journaling has enabled me to set myself weekly and daily targets that are aligned to my 90 day goals. It also allows me to plan for my week in advance where I deliberately block out time for creativity and learning, something which I didn't do before. Once it is written down it sticks and visualising the day ahead provided me with clarity like I had already gone through the activities in my head. The journal also has an area to express gratitude in the mornings and at night. In the evenings I'll reflect on my wins, they call it the brag zone in the journal, and the lessons I've learnt. This has been a game changer for me, I'm now focused on what needs to be done to get me to where I want to be, instead of freestyling. The introspection in the evenings is also beneficial, which leads us nicely into the fourth step, which is the feedback loop. This step is all about reflecting on how things are going, what's working for you and what isn't. This is your check-in with yourself at the end of each day to see how you are progressing. Some of you may have this as part of your evening routine, 
like I do with my journaling at night. You have to be honest with yourself here. If you didn't accomplish what you set out to achieve, what got in the way that was out of your hands? Personally, I found that I started to set myself too many things to do after work or on the weekend. I wasn't being realistic with my estimations of effort. In my schedule, I wouldn't schedule any time for breaks and was cramming too many tasks in. Then I started to block those breaks out and have more relaxed weekends. If I didn't evaluate what was happening, I wouldn't know what to change. The last step is to optimise. Based on your feedback loops, make 1% changes each day to make improvements. Eliminate waste and clutter in your life. Things that are getting in the way. We want simplicity and effortless interactions. Even if you look at your relationships, the ones that stick are the ones that are effortless to sustain. Design your life for optimal performance and you'll be in flow. Once you're done with this step, you can go back to the first step and perform a reality check again. This is a continuous loop. Keep going through these five steps and customize it along the way to suit you. Just to recap, the five steps were perform a reality check, create an identity, establish habits, have a feedback loop and optimize. And that is the end of this episode. I hope this has been educational and that you can set some success habits of your own. If you have enjoyed the last three solo episodes on discovering your purpose, setting goals and creating success habits, I have a course coming out which dives into these areas in more detail. The course is all about you, your journey, your strengths, your passions and your purpose. If you want to raise your self-awareness, gain confidence in your skills and talents and build success habits to perform at your best, then this course is for you. If you're interested, register at seenahagihat.com forward slash subscribe and I will notify you as soon as it has launched. I will also leave the link in the show notes along with some books on habits that you can check out. If you want to see more content related to this podcast, follow us on Instagram at First Serve Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to First Serve on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform you use to listen to podcasts. One way you can all serve today is to share this episode with your friends and family to spread the message. That is all for today, and I'll see you on the next episode.